This is Kurt. And this is Tracy. And this is the MFG cast. No, I'm leaving it in. No. You just want to do your own song, don't you? No. You want to do your own En Vogue version of MFG Cast. I know you do. I do. You do. Uh, welcome to another episode of the board game edition of the MFG Cast. Uh, I'm your host, Tracy. <laughs> and I'm Kurt, even though we just said that. <laughs> He's your other host, Kurt. <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a detour from our alphabet game, and we're going to d- be talking about our, I don't know, we call them our tiny games. But, Little tiny baby games. Uh, we have a, like a, what do you call that thing? Like a... A shelf. Like, is it a shelf? I don't know if it's really a shelf. A shelf with little drawers that hold yeah. little tiny baby games. Feel or like, like a dre- almost like a dr- weird dresser thing. It is not. Um, so for those of you who want to guess a little reference, we're going to talk about little bebe games. Little bebe. David, little bebes. Um, Little bebe games. But yeah, we have this like little shelf that we have all these tiny games and we have the alphabet written on them. So like one of them's like A through C and one of them's just for O and stuff like that. Just because depending upon how many games we have that are smaller and... I felt, and Tracy also felt, that we kind of neglect those games because they're kind of out of sight, out of mind, because they're in these drawers. So we felt like the games were, like you said, Kurt, neglected. Yes. And we had to kind of bring them to the forefront to see what was in there, had we played them, and replay them. And really, like, do we do we enjoy these games? Yeah. Do we want these games? And all those kinds of things. Because, again, like you said, out of sight, out of mind. Yep. They're in this shelf with drawers, so to speak, mm-hmm. where we really don't see it. It's really nice, and it's really organized, but yeah. you can't see them. Yeah. So they just don't get it. As much love as the bigger box games that we have in our Calyxes and Calyx adjacent um, shelving or whatever. And it doesn't mean we don't like them. That's true. Yeah. So we decided to give them a little more love and we decided to kind of go a certain route. So we decided to play the games in that little dresser drawer or shelf or whatever you want to call it. We wanted to play games that we hadn't played yet. Yep. At least this time around. I think... I think at some point, we will focus on whatever we want. Yeah, for sure. To play in there. Yeah. But yeah, this time we just picked ones that we hadn't even played or we hadn't even opened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. 
but before we talk about that, I'd like to kind of circle back and talk about what we've been pray- what we've been praying recently. <laughs> wow, I just said recently. <laughs> English is hard, folks. English is damn hard. Oh, anyway, so I wanted to come back to what we've been playing recently. Words. A while back, well, actually, not that. It's fairly recently. Work has just been like just pounding me into the ground. It's crazy. I work in a freight room. We've been getting like, well, to put reference on things, like normally our freight that we get, I work in like a sporting goods store. We usually get a decent amount of things. Lately, we've been getting over $5 million in freight that we've been checking in. So just just to you know, think about like, oh, there's a $20 shirt and there's like a you know, like $30 football, like just think of over $5 million of freight. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's just, you know, after that kind of month of receiving freight, I just like, you know what? I really want to treat myself to to a game. Another reference, treat yourself. True. It's another, another great reference. Gosh, darn it. Mm -hmm. All these good ones are very good ones. So, um, I decided to order, uh, the terraforming Mars, the Ares Expedition, the Target uh, terraforming Mars. That's kind of like the card version. Um, and then I decided to learn it by myself at first to play the solo version, which is hard as shit. And holy smokes, it t- <laughs> it is one of those like if you want to learn this solo, you are in for a treat. And by treat, I mean a whooping. But it was still fun to kind of learn that. And then Tracy was nice enough to play that with me hey. the other night. What do you mean nice enough? Okay, so I'm leaving this in. So Alexa just played a song and we're trying to record. This is me. Alexa, stop please. Good lord. So so she just thought we talked about something about playing Justin Bieber. Apparently. That was awesome. Which is amazing. That was amazing. Oh and my god. Anyway. That was really good. <laughs> so no, I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, you're you're usually the worst for but hey. I know that you you had talked about like when we were playing it last night, you're like, Well, I didn't know if like Terraforming Mars was something that I was really like would be into. Yeah. But then you played it with me, and then you you liked it, right? Yep. Yeah. I really liked it. When the original Terraforming Mars came out, I really wanted to get it, and Tracy can attest to this, but I was like, you know, I'd seen, like, a lot of people say, like, three or more players is, like, a good spot for that, and I'm like, I'm never going to get three players for this game, and if I would, it'd be, like, once every year or something like that. Yeah, so it's not worth spending the money on Yeah, exactly. So then but yeah, I I mean I especially liked it because I beat you, but oh, like how oh, dare you? You know, it's funny how you take offense of me and thinking t- I'm picking on hey, you when I'm not, and totally, then you do that. Hey, totally kidding. <sighs> no, it 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 was pleasantly surprising because I had no, I guess I I should say well I shouldn't say I had no expectations. I didn't know what to expect on this game though, but I. Don't really know a lot about Terraforming Mars, and you can send me to the firing squad on that. <laughs> because I've never followed that game to want to play it. Yeah. And and that's fine. You don't... Yep. You know, I think a lot of people think that because something is, like, 
the hotness or like the you know a good rated game on board game geek that board game geek that like you know you have to like really you know be on top of this game if you're a true board game fan it's like no you don't you can like the things you like regardless is like even if you think the top 10 in board game geek is like a bunch of hard trash you don't have to like that stuff well Being yeah board you're, game, you're not required to like everything because that's what makes everybody unique that's right so yeah i i guess i didn't really have expectations of this game and didn't realize that we were gonna play this one last night <laughs> and so when we went downstairs to play you had it all set up and i went oh you know and i it's not that i didn't want to play a game it's that i didn't know whether i wanted to play this game and i'm glad we did because i really liked it yeah i'm glad i'm glad i was able to get this to get it to the table but i had actually referenced on twitter the other day that it says that it's an hour to play it no uh, no uh no <laughs> i don't care if you're like really good at this game this game is going to take you a couple hours to play well and maybe you'd have to have like the right cards because yeah. even after you know you build a do they call it a certain area like you build your your area with cards and you have to have the the right things to be able to purchase them and but then they have you have to be able to produce resources to be able to spend money to purchase more cards and like it all kind of builds on each other yeah but you have to work on that for a while for sure before you can because you have to move stuff up on a temperature track and on a on the oxygen on the oxygen track and and then flipping uh, over the ocean tiles yeah so i mean there's three elements that you have to that have to happen before the game is over. Yeah. And one person can't just do that. Yeah. When you're playing with multiple people. I mean, they could. It would take forever. Yeah. But I mean, even if we're going back and forth and you're flipping a tile, I'm flipping a tile, we're moving the temperature up, you're moving the temperature up, I, uh, oxygen up, I'm moving the oxygen up, stuff like that, it's still taking time. Yeah. Because you have to pair it just right. Yeah. Well, even when I was playing the solo mode, like... They have like a novice and then a regular game and then an advanced game. Well, in the novice game that I played, you it still helps you move up the track every time you go through like there's like a, a dummy hand and once you go through all five cards, you actually move like you can move the temperature up or you can move the oxygen up two spots. Even then, like it kind of helps, but still it's like if I don't have anything good for what I'm doing to get this thing going, it's still taking me time so you know it takes a lot more time and i i know it's a suggested time or whatever and it, nothing is set in stone but i think they could have definitely went like the one and a half to two hour mark with that well yeah and i don't think we were taking like copious amounts of time to try to figure out what we were gonna do either no i mean and we're not even taking into consideration the time that it took you to explain to me how to play the game yeah. after you had learned it. Yeah. So. Well, and just think, like, I feel like I did a decent amount or I did a decent enough job to explain to you how to play that game. But just think, like, if we were both learning that at the same time and then playing it at the same time. It just, like, that would have made it even longer. So Well, and that's pretty typical for a game anyway. For sure. But still, it's like, wow. But anyway, it, it's not like I, it's not like that's, like, 
oh, I'm gonna rate this game from an eight to a seven because the time is wrong. Like, I'm not gonna say that. It's just, it, it's just kind of funny when people say like, oh, this only takes an hour, and it's like, when? well, but then, <laughs> but then there's some other games that say it's gonna take this amount of time, and then it's like half the time. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, they're they're just, yeah, they're just probably averaging out the amount of time it take it took their play testers to play it or something like that exactly exactly so so yeah so that was fun to get that to the table oh yeah cool all right well let's get into our topic at hand talking about our getting to our little tiny games and being able to play those and we were playing the ones that we hadn't played before so it was kind of cool to get a couple of games to the table the first one i'd like to talk to about uh, sticking with the uh, trying to do stuff on Mars. Apparently it was a Mars kind of night <laughs> the other night when we played, is we played Pocket Mars by Gray Fox Games. I just wanted to... I feel like we need to tell more about like who does the games, too. So, like... Okay, sorry. My... Um, yeah, you picked the worst time to talk <laughs> I, about I know, and I love who it. does the games. I love it. Because this is going to be an interesting one. Disclaimer. I'm going to say... We apologize. Mikhail jo- ja- Jagodzinski. Okay. Nope. I love it. So that's who made the game. And then the art is Jarosla Wash. There we go. It's terrible, but I did it. <laughs> Tracy's making a face. I can't even look at him. Um, anyway, in Pocket Mars, what you're trying to do is you're trying to send colonists to be the first colonists to arrive on Mars and start habit habitating? Habit? Is that what? Having a habitat there? <laughs> uh, I can't even think of the word. I'm looking at... Yeah. Um, anyway. Making a habitat there? Yeah, that's, yeah, sounds like the right thing to me. Habitation? Habitation. Starting some habitation. So this one's kind of interesting because you're always going to have four cards. You're going to have two cards in your hand and two cards in your, what do they call that? The Your project module? So you're, you're always going to have cards in your hand, two cards in your hand, and two cards in your prep module, which are face down on the table in front of you and then you're doing lots of different actions so like you could play a project from your hand and when you're playing a card from your hand it actually has the top spot on the card has an explanation of what you do if you play that from your hand another one you can do is playing a project from your prep module so what you do is you'll take that and you'll slide it underneath one of the buildings that has like a special ability and when you do that um, it has to be the same color as the card that you have if the value is higher, you would actually place a spaceman colonist. or a colonist on that building. So what you, the main goal of the game is trying to get all of your colonists on these buildings before that's endgame, basically. Uh, you can trigger the bottom action of the card. So when you bring a card from the prep module to one of those buildings, you're actually using the bottom. So you may do that. And then you can trigger the building special ability. So like... Some of the buildings that they have is like you can get an energy, and energy helps doing certain things in the game. You can move one of your spacemen from your spaceship to your to a building. Uh, what's one of the other ones that they had? From a one star to two star, which actually 
changes the point value, victory point value at the end of the game. So what is it, like two points for the one star? Four points for the other. Yeah, yeah. And in a two-player game, you can only put one of your colonists in that two-star area, so you have to have the strategy of like trying to get get yours there before the other person does. Yep. You can also play a project from anyone else's prop module, which I don't think we ever really did in another game that we played. No, we didn't. I think that's an interesting thought. I think there, well, there are project cards where you can like look at other people's projects, like from the prop module. I don't know if you can look at their hands, but you could look at their, the items that they have on the prep module or on the table face down, which by the way, if they have them in the prep module, you can all, they can always reference them again. So it's not like once they put them in their prep module, they're stuck and they have to remember what they are. Yeah, for sure. But I suppose if they have them in their prep module and they're maybe ready to utilize them to send them off to a building or something, then that could really mess them up for sure unless, um, by doing unless, that. unless they didn't have good cards in the first place to kind yeah. of throw them there or well, you could fake somebody out too if you want well to. and we had we had that issue where we ended up with cards stuck in our prep module that we didn't want to use or we couldn't use based on other cards that were played at the buildings yeah. so uh, that would be an interesting strategy to play next time for sure and the the difference between playing in another person's prep module is that the owner of that card can trigger the bottom action, but you trigger the action of the building that it went to. So it's kind of oh, a, so they, interesting. So you would still, so the other player would still get that ability on their card or whatever, but you'd just be able to trigger the. See, and I down. thought you were triggering the bottom, and I was like, "How do you know whether you can even do it?" <laughs> yeah, like, no kidding. that doesn't make sense. But that's really nice. Yeah, that is cool. Oh, now I want to do that. <laughs> but. I think in general, this game, well, I could be wrong, but we have this game sitting in our dresser of tiny games Mm -hmm. since we bought it from Gen Con. Oh, that's right. Was that the last time we were at Gen Con? Yeah. What, two years ago? 2019, yeah. 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 I think we got it for 10 bucks. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot, there's like, there's a couple more things to it. I don't want to go over the whole game or whatever, but... Um, which I pretty much did anyway. Yeah, I but, was going to say, I'm not yeah, sure what sorry. else you missed. I but. just like to talk about some things. But it's it's one of those games that it's a tiny game, but there's a lot of game packed into this. Oh my gosh. You know, I thought, you know, and it says 15 to 30 minutes, but I feel like you could like make this go a little bit longer too. But I don't know how it could only take 15 minutes. Yeah. Unless you're like, like really doing everything like boom 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 you know and getting well, those combinations but really you'd well. have to have the right cards mm-hmm. to be able to um move them to your people to the buildings and stuff yeah. i had it worked out where i was able to move my colonists from earth to my spaceship which you want to get them there and then from your spaceship on to those buildings the buildings yeah. you know to make that happen which was really nice but yeah i the timing on this one is interesting because I almost feel like this one didn't tell you enough time. But I, it's depending on the play, too, because I think we stared at our cards sometimes. And we're like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And how do we want to play them? Yeah. But this one was a nice surprise. I didn't know what to expect. 
I think we just picked up this game and tossed it into our bag to buy because we were like, ooh, $10. Yeah. Well, and it's <laughs> Gray Fox games, and they, you know, make a, you know, a decent amount of, of pretty fun games, you know. It's weird picking up a game that didn't have anything to do with uh, Midgard. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was still nice to get that to the table though. I think we um, couldn't. I don't think we could get Reavers when we were at Gen Con last time. But we ended up getting. Oh, we got it from Con of the North eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we were over there and we looked at their their discounted stack or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a, like a nice surprise and this is a a nice pick up and go game I think too. Yeah, for sure. Just cards and little tiny components. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little table presence. Yep. For sure. Another game we played from our collection is a little game called Dungeon Mayhem from Wizards of the Coast. Designed by Jordan Komar and Roscoe Wetlaufer. That cannot be a real name. Roscoe Wetlaufer. That's a great name. That sounds like a name from, like... An old TV show or something. I love it. And then uh, the artist is Kyle Ferrin. Um, this is a fun little, like, dueling game where you pick, like, you pick, like, a class of a... D&D character. Yeah, D&D character. Like, a, what is it? Wizard, Barbarian, Paladin, and Rogue. Rogue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the art on this. The art's really, like, almost, like, comic booky. Yeah. Kind of, you know, whatever. And there's some comedy to the cards too yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah so like if you if you played D before like some of this stuff would be kind of funny because it's like this is more of like just a just a quick card dueling game or whatever but it's like one of them's like even more like justice or like lots of justice and the one's like even more lots of justice or something just something to kind of be silly and stuff like that but uh, this game i didn't know at first if i was gonna like it when we played it, because I was like, well, I like Dungeons & Dragons stuff, and it's a fun, you know, it looked like a fun little card game. But it it's, like, I like the humor, and I like some of the cards that kind of, you can go back and forth and kind of affect how the gameplay works and stuff like that. Because you're still trying to get, like, people's hit points from 10 down to 0, but there's different ways to kind of help you from getting hurt, or, like, I played, like, one character where, like, you could switch the hit points of both care like two different characters like I thought was thought that was kind of cool like what was one of the things that you had that was really that you had like a special ability on one of your characters that was cool I had one character where I had a card where if I played it your next turn you couldn't hurt me at all yeah it was like I was in like a special bubble yeah I can't remember what that one was called but I also had one where I like if you had a if you had your shields up and you were protecting yourself, I could just wipe away your card. Yeah, you destroy it. Yep, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, and like one, I think one one of mine was like, I charm you, so like I will. I, oh yeah. I, I take your defense card or whatever. Yeah, I didn't like that one. <laughs> that one was naughty. Yeah. So it's a that was a nice little like back and forth kind of. Yeah, and at first I was like, I don't know, you know, because I just kept hitting you. Yeah. And hitting you and hitting you and nothing was happening and, you know, but I think as you got into like more of the special mode and like there's cards you can heal yourself and 
There's cards where you can, like, stack cards on top of each other. Like, there's a lightning bolt where you can play, keep playing cards on until you can't play cards anymore and you're required to play them. Yeah. So, I mean, it adds another element there. And we played, we ended up playing this one. This one we hadn't opened either, obviously, because that's what we're talking about. I forgot. This one we hadn't opened and we ended up playing... All four characters. Yeah. So we played and, a couple games. Yep. We played a couple games of it just to see what, how different the characters were. Mm-hmm. And they played, they did play differently. Yeah. I think. I, I like that. I like that it's not yeah. just, you're not just doing hitting or you're not just doing, you know, protecting. Like there's a lot of different cards. Even the cards that they had had a little bit of a change to them. And then their, the special abilities for each character, you know, were really, um, specific to that character and it played well so yeah, yeah it was cool yeah the only i guess the only beef i have like component wise is like the punching out of like the hit points and stuff and the um character tokens tokens yeah. were really really cheap they were really cheap like almost thin pieces of maybe it two ply paper or yeah. something like that yeah. like just back in an old school game and i'm sure they did it just to save money or something like that i mean the games were or games the cards weren't really great quality either but tolerable yeah. but this the tokens were like kirk could hardly punch them out yeah i was afraid that i was gonna rip every single one of them yeah. every time i did it it's like uh-oh yeah like that sucks Are you done puking? Are you okay, Barfy? Buffy? Barfy. Oh. Barfy boy. Yeah, all of a sudden he's like... Bleh, bleh. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like, like, ugh, awesome. I can smell it. I'm going to leave it in. Okay. Uh, and then what was the last game that we played? I don't know how to pronounce it. Awanami? Ohamani? Oh, Ohanami. Ohanami? Awanami? Yeah, I'm not See? very good at saying stuff. Ohanami. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. It'd be nice if they said that, actually. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to say that Because you wrong. could pronounce it a couple different ways, yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. I say we just pick one. We pick what we think it is, and if it's wrong, it's okay. <clears throat> I'm going to say it's Ohanami. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you look at me like, that's wrong. I don't know. This is designed by Stefan Bendorf, and the artist is Christian... Operer, or operer. Boy, we're not gonna be able to pronounce anything this episode, but that's okay. But this is a game by Pandasaurus. Correct. And I don't know why I said it like that. You said it like that. Ooh. So what are we doing in this game? Well, in this game, we are building motifs. That was the word of the night. Is in the instructions they like to use the word motif a lot. Nice. So. All of the cards have a motif that is different colors with different designs and different numbers on them. We think it's like 0 to 120 or something like that. But basically, each player gets handed 100... Not 100. Whoa. They get a hundred cards, and the other person gets nothing because there's only 120 cards. I was thinking 120 cards. (laughs) (laughs) 
Woo! Um, <laughs> shit. Was out. Um, each person gets dealt ten cards, and then what they're what the point of the game is is that you look at the cards and you select two. And then you take the rest of the stack and you put it down. And you're basically drafting cards back and forth. And you want to get the cards as close together in number sequence as you can. And because over three rounds, you're going to have the ability to place these cards as you're drafting back and forth into three columns of however you choose. So... Um, let's say you're looking at your first set of 10 cards that you have in your hand. You have, they're scattered all over the place from like 76 to 3 to 109 or whatever. So your strategy is like, are there two numbers that are, one's really high and one's really low? Are there two that are really close together that would help you to start a column, um, or columns? So, like, one round, I had one that card that was really low and one that was really high. So I took those two, and then I put the rest of my stack down, and Kurt took two. And then what you do is you, um, simultaneously, the players place their cards in columns. So, again, max of three columns, and then they place them where they want to place them. But what are the what? But then there's like some special rules to that, right? How you place them yes. on your rows. Yep. Okay. So the first, so the first placement is however however you want it. So let's say I took like a a low card and a really high card. So I'm gonna place my low card in one column and my high card in the next one. So then um, we switch. So we're drafting. So now I have the eight that Kurt didn't take from, and he has the eight that I didn't take from. And I look at them and I grab them. And now I take two more cards and he takes two. And then I hand the the remaining cards back to him. And we place those next two. So now you can choose to play on the columns that you have already started. Or, you, or I could have started my third column. But um, you have to either place high or low. You can't place in between cards that you've already placed. So let's say I had played, I had picked up like a 61 and a 65 and in a hand that I was looking at, I'm like, oh, 63. I couldn't pick up the 63 and put it in between the 61 and the 65 because I can't just squeak it in. I'd have to start a whole new column if I have another one left. I'd have to go lower than a 61 or higher than a 65 in order to play it um, to continue. Or I have the ability to discard one of the cards that I picked up. So let's say I picked up the 63 because I forgot and I can't play it. So I can discard that one and play the other card that I had picked up. I can play both cards or I can discard both cards. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think... If I can interrupt for a second, too. Another yeah. strategy, too, is when you're drafting, too, and you see that somebody else has a card that you think, oh, my God, they're going to really want this card, and even though I, I technically don't need it, I want to get rid of it, you can actually take that into your hand and discard it just so you can muck up somebody else's. Yep. 
yep, that's a good idea or good strategy. So then um, where the, so you do that until you um, place all 10 cards. So if you're playing with more than two people, there's clockwise and counterclockwise drafting in place too. So then the first round is done when all the 10 cards are placed either in front of you or you've discarded or whatever, once you make it through all those. So the first round, what you're doing is you're scoring on any blue cards you've laid in front of your, on your motif. Mm -hmm. And the blue cards are worth a value of three Mm -hmm. a piece. And so you're scoring for each um, blue card is worth three. Then you'll go through the whole thing again, second round, um, 10 cards to each person, drafting. Once you're done with that, again, you're adding to those columns that you have already created, um, not in the middle, but on the low end or the high end of each of those columns. And then in the second round, you're scoring on green and blue. Blue Mm -hmm. is still times three per card. Green is times four per card and then you're scoring and then you have your last final round which is the third round you um deal out 10 cards again you draft the same way place lowest and highest end and then what you're doing is for the final round you're actually scoring on blue again for three per card green four per card gray which is seven per card and then there's a pink. So all of these colors you can be collecting along the way if you want to add that as strategy. But pink is based on the number of pink cards and a chart that they have on the scoring. So if you get one, it's worth one. If you get two, I think it's worth three. If you get seven, I think it's worth like 29 or something like that so the number kind of varies as you go higher yep and so then you're going to count up those two and then you'll total of all your points and whoever has the highest wins yeah yeah it's one of those it's one of those games that it has a lot of strategy to it the drafting is fun it kind of makes me think of like a six nemet almost in that way where you play some cards and stuff kind of between six nimit and the game yeah yep yep and of course this is you know this ohanami is done by pandasaurus the same company that did the game i don't know if the person that did this did the game or whatever so if they you know made something that's kind of like you know that same kind of concept but a little different or whatever but yeah yeah i really like this game it's oh really yeah we played fun. it we played it a couple of times and then i thought dang it this game has been sitting in that <laughs> drawer yeah Yep. Like, that's an awesome reason why we're doing this. Yep. So that we can actually play it. In fact, now that we're talking about it, I want to play it again. Yeah, for sure. I like this game. Yeah, I remember you were you were interested in this game, and I didn't really know much about it. But um, I'm glad we got it, and I'm glad we finally got it to the table. I feel like it's been sitting there for quite a bit. Yeah, probably a couple of years. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I've always liked games like this that are just kind of like... There's a, you know, it's not too much strategy, but you really have to kind of think, okay, what am I going to do here? Do I want to get rid of somebody else's cards? Do I want to place my own? Can I remember what I'm, what everyone's drafting? So like eventually I can kind of play up to 
the strengths of getting the most points during the game, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and it's it's really different because I feel like sometimes you can have your strategy as trying to be as close as you can to to not leave the gaps in between the numbers when you're placing them, but it's not possible all the time because you're getting the 10 cards to start and the other person or people are getting 10 cards to start and then you're drafting them around so that can stop that right there yeah it's hard to plan out the colors because if you're just planning out the colors to get the points then you might be leaving huge gaps in there and if you're trying to manipulate other people then you're hurt you could potentially be hurting yourself because then either you're discarding and not laying down to get more points or you're taking that card and kind of manipulating your columns to potentially hurt yourself with a big gap or yeah you know whatever too so i tried not to i mean the first gameplay i think i tried to do like close quarters with my numbers and stuff like that. And I don't know, besides kind of looking at what you were doing a little bit, I never discarded because I thought that you could use it. Yeah. I might have looked to see what I could take and use myself that I knew would be helpful for you. Yeah. But I rarely discarded because I wanted to be able to get the most points. Yeah. No, I get Later that. on. Yeah. So. Uh, the game that, the last game that we played that I actually won, I had this strategy of getting rid of one or two that I knew that you could use, but also using some of those pink cards, because the more pink cards you get, the more points you get, even if it meant that I had to ruin a huge gap at the end, which really, it kind of, you know, it seems like it would kind of suck, but I did it in that third and last round, so technically I wasn't really as... I you mean make a huge gap? Yes. Okay. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, I was trying to figure out what you meant. Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be more, you know, sometimes you'd think it would be more detrimental, but I think because it was in that last round, it was like, well, I only have so many cards to work with, so I could still probably work around this. Yeah. And I did, and it actually worked out for me. And oh, not, yeah. Not, and not saying that necessarily that would work every single time I did it. It was just another strategy to have. No, yeah, and and I feel like there's never, um, you're never going to necessarily be able to use the same strategy because you don't know how the cards are going to be dealt. So exactly, because you're not, you're technically not using all the cards every game. Yep. So you never know what you're going to get, which I like that too because then it keeps the replayability. So yeah, that was really nice to get that to the table. Thank you. Pandasaurus for another great game. So yeah, it's always nice to get some of those smaller games to the table and be able to play them a few times and get used to them and then decide like, okay, like, do, do we really, you know, is this something that we actually needed? What do you think? Do you think that these are games in our collection that we would keep for a decent amount of time? Or do you think some of them, like, maybe won't get as many plays? I would say... Out of these, I could see us playing two out of three. Yeah. Yeah. I feel more common or like more often than mm-hmm. not. Yeah. And I wish that we would have played more, but you know, we grabbed another one and we wanted we thought it would have been quick and the gameplay was an hour. 
is what they said, <laughs> and we hadn't even learned the game yet, so we tapped out. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, I can see us playing more consistently two out of the three. Mm-hmm. For sure. Not that the other one wasn't good. I just don't see it hitting the table. But also, it, it, like, with your comment of the that other game that we could have taken being an hour long or whatever, you know, you just can't judge a small game by its look, you know? It could be a lot more involved. It could be could be something that, you know, maybe it's not quite the uh, mechanic you want to play or whatever, but, you know, I think we picked some pretty good ones. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. Yeah, that was a little fun little thing and whether we pick up on games we haven't played in that see now you got it so i don't know what to call that in that shelf yeah or whether we just roll with whatever we want for sure um i think we should continue that yeah definitely or incorporate it in with our alphabet or definitely whatever we want to do because we do what we want that's true we'll have to see what the future holds Yes. So do you do any of you play any of your small box games? Is there something that you've like pulled out recently and you're like, wow, I've played this for a bit. I should really get into it. Is it something that, you know, just like we talked about, do your smaller games kind of are, are they hidden and they don't get to the table as much? Or is it something that you strive to put out more? Let us know. Yeah, I, I feel like they're not intentionally neglected. No. I just feel like there needs to be a better way to store them. And I feel like, or that people can see, but I feel like how we have them is really nice. We just have to be more proactive. For sure. So. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's our fault. No. Yep. Do you say no? Yep. No. Yep. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So hopefully we will get to some more small gaming goodness, or maybe we'll continue with our alphabet, but you'll have to see that in the future. Until next time, I'm Kurt. And I'm Tracy. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.